funded me for a Norton. On my first Norton, a 250cc machine, I had a couple of near accidents. The first came when I approached a red traffic light too fast and, realizing that I could not safely brake or turn, drove straight on and somehow, miraculously, passed between two lines of cars going in opposite directions. Reaction came a minute later. I rode another block, parked the bike in a side road, and fainted. The second accident occurred at night in heavy rain on a winding country road. A car coming in the opposite direction did not dim its headlights, and I was blinded. I thought there would be a head-on collision, but at the last moment I stepped off the bike, an expression of ridiculous mildness for a potentially life-saving but potentially fatal maneuver. I let the bike go in one direction, it missed the car but was totaled, and myself in another. Fortunately, I was wearing a helmet, boots, and gloves, as well as full leathers, and though I slid twenty yards or so on the rain-slicked road, I was so well protected by my clothing that I did not get a scratch. My parents were shocked, but very glad I was in one piece, and raised strangely little objection to my getting another, more powerful bike, a 600cc Norton Dominator. At this point, I had finished at Oxford, and I was about to go to Birmingham where I had a job as a house surgeon for the first six months of 1960, and I was careful to say that with the newly opened M1 motorway between Birmingham and London, and a fast bike, I would be able to come home every weekend. The motorway in those days had no speed limit, so I could be back in a little over an hour. I met up with a motorcycle group in Birmingham and tasted the pleasure of being part of a group, sharing an enthusiasm. Up to this point, I had always been a solitary rider. The countryside around Birmingham was quite unspoiled, and a special pleasure was riding to Stratford-on-Avon to see whatever Shakespeare play was on. In June of 1960, I went to the TT, the Great Tourist Trophy Motorcycle Race, held annually on the Isle of Man. I managed to procure an emergency medical service armband, which enabled me to visit the pits and see some of the riders. I kept careful notes and had plans to write a motorbike racing novel set in the Isle of Man. I did a great deal of research for this, but it never got off the ground. In a notebook I kept at the time, I indicated my intention to write five novels, including the motorcycle one, as well as a memoir on my chemical boyhood. I never wrote the novels, but forty-five years later, I wrote the memoir, Uncle Tungsten. The North Circular Road around London also had no speed limits in the 1950s, very inviting for those who loved speed, and there was a famous cafe, the Ace, which was basically a hangout for motorcyclists with fast machines. Doing the ton, a hundred miles per hour, was a minimum criterion for being one of the inner group, the ton-up boys. A number of bikes even then could do the ton, especially if they were tuned up a little relieved of surplus weight, including exhausts, and given high-octane fuel. More challenging was the burn-up, a race around secondary roads, and you risked a challenge as soon as you entered the cafe. Playing chicken, however, was discountenanced. The North Circular, even then, carried heavy traffic at times. I never played chicken, but I enjoyed a little road racing. My 600cc Dommy had a slightly souped-up engine, but could not match the 1,000cc Vincent's favored by the inner circle at the Ace. I once tried a Vincent, but it seemed horribly unstable to me, especially at low speeds, very different from my Norton, 
which had a feather-bed frame and was wonderfully stable, whatever one's speed. I wondered if one could fit a Vincent engine in a Norton frame, and I was to find, years later, that such Norvins had been made. When speed limits were introduced, there was no more doing the ton. The fun was over, and the ace ceased to be the place it once was. When I was twelve, a perceptive schoolmaster wrote in his report, Sachs will go far if he does not go too far, and this was often the case. As a boy, I often went too far in my chemical experiments, filling the house with noxious gases. Luckily, I never burned the place down. I liked to ski, and when I was sixteen, I went to Austria with a school group for some downhill skiing. The following year, I traveled alone to do cross-country skiing in Telemark. The skiing went well, and before taking the ferry back to England, I bought two...